You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. I am pumped because this week and the next few episodes are just so awesome in terms of some of the guests that I have on. And today, I have such a cool guest. Her name is Anna. She is from the podcast called the Slutrepreneur Podcast. Yes, that's right. She has coined the term slutrepreneur, meaning women who are making money online, doing some of those naughty things. And you're going to hear about all that on today's episode. And it's really fun. And we have a great conversation. And I know some people are probably wondering why I might do an episode like this. Because as you're going to listen, it's not like you're getting too much advice in terms of dating and attraction and women. There is a little bit for sure. There are some, some good nuggets in this episode. But once in a while, I just like to do more of an episode that's more informative. Just saying like, hey, this is something interesting that's going on in the world. There are some women that are doing this kind of thing. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that this is something that is out there that's happening. And I just think you'd get a kick out of it. And I feel like I know my audience well enough to know something that they might just really enjoy, even if it's not direct help to help them with dating and uh, and attraction and those things, like I just said. So this is one of those episodes and it's so fun. And you're you're about to hear some things that are going to shock you, maybe even disgust you. This is very not safe for work. Not that anyone has necessarily listened to podcasts out loud these days. I'm sure you're in your headphones. But just understand that you are in for a little bit of a treat here. It's uh, it's interesting to know what's going on. And Anna is super cool, super smart, and very successful at what she does. And she's going to tell her story. And her podcast, by the way, is... Uh, well, let's check right here. I'll, I'll go into the... We'll do this live. I like doing things live. Let's go into the podcast app. She's basically in the top 200 in the health and fitness category in iTunes. But let me just say that... Well, I'm in the top 200 too, but she's even bigger. She's like in the top uh, 100. So let's see here. Okay, she is number 124. In, in, incredible. So she's got... Uh, it, what's incredible to me is not that she's 124. What's really incredible to me is that she just started this thing and she has... I mean, we're talking about like 20 episodes and she has 600 ratings, five stars. So there is definitely an audience for this, which just blows my mind because you're just like, wow, there are lots of women who are doing this. I'm sure some people are listening for entertainment purposes. You know, I listened to a bunch of episodes, but more because I was interested, a little bit for entertainment, more just because I was kind of studying it. But I don't think anyone's listening too much for entertainment because she's giving direct advice to these girls. And if you're not in that world, I think it could be boring, right? It's like it could be boring if you're. So what I'm saying is, well, my theory is it's so popular because there's so many women who are interested in this thing. Just like my podcast would be boring to someone who's not trying to learn about dating. Like this isn't entertaining. Like we get really technical here and talk about the TED system and and the approach and things like that. That's boring to someone who's not working on that. So probably not that much entertainment listeners. Anywho, I'm getting off track here. I'm just really excited to show you this interview that I did with Anna. And I'm going to be on her podcast in a couple of weeks too. So I'll make sure to let you know about that when, when I finally am on there. And it's really cool. Uh, just so we don't forget, I got to remind you that if you are interested in coaching with me, I know now we're going to get more to the advice thing, right? So if you do need advice, you do need help, you do need to you know, work with me to get this part of your life handled, the part of your life in terms of dating and attraction and meeting women in your town and even doing it through this COVID era and just making it so this works for you and you're not wasting your time sitting here doing it by yourself. Because when you do it by yourself, yes, you can get great results, but it can take a long time. Really not, but it can take a long, it will take a long time. Okay. I remember when I was learning this stuff, I was doing it on my own and it took a while. And then I finally, I started to get some coaches and things sped up and moved faster. So coaching is very helpful if you're looking to take that next step. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, go to coachedbytrip.com, check it out, love to work with you, fill out the application, and you and I can get on a phone call and discuss getting you help as soon as possible. There are spots available. All right, let's get into it. Here is my interview with the Sletrepreneur, Anna. Hey, Anna, how's it going? 
It's going good. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. I was saying too, before we started the episode, that I really always enjoy talking to other fellow podcasters. And also, I should say, as I'm just thinking about this in my head, like fellow female podcasters, I don't really know how... I've interviewed women on this podcast plenty of times, but other female podcasters off the top of my head, I don't think uh, many, maybe like a couple. So it's just cool to have you on and do this. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you. I, I think it's really interesting that anyone can be a podcaster. So it's it sounds funny when someone calls me that. I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> well, you make it look easy because you are in the top, you know, hundred or even fifty, I think, of of iTunes in the health and fitness category, and which is huge. Which means you get a lot of downloads and a lot of people listening. And I was saying, you make it look easy because you only have, what'd you say, 20 episodes, right? 25 mm-hmm. episodes? Well, thank you very much. And I think my whole idea about even when it comes to my business is if you have like really low expectations, you will always be pleasantly surprised. And people can see through bullshit really easily. If you're trying to be way too professional, I don't think people want to hear that. I think authenticity always gets more clicks. So that's kind of the road I'm going down. And I always do more of what's working and that's what's working. Awesome. 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 I mean, listen, so when I found you, you know, because I'm always dun, looking dun. to see... Yeah, I know. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> when I found you, I was like the Slutrepreneur. So that's, that's the name of your mm-hmm. podcast, the Slutrepreneur Podcast. And you said it correctly. And I was like, <laughs> How do other people say it? Uh, I think it's just really hard to spell. So I think that's what gets people. <laughs> did you make that up, by the way? Is that your... I did. And I was laying in bed when I did. Um, I've made up so many brand names before. And I think when it comes to branding, if you can create your own word, you know, it's like how they come up with Nike or Puma. Like it's their own entity. So I wanted a domain that, or a name that I could get on every domain, every social media, because these days you can't really do that. And I think that's so important when it comes to marketing and something that's self-explanatory too, just like your podcast name. So that's what I came up with. And I felt like it was something people could relate to so that you know the listeners could call themselves slutchpreneurs. And it's like... Sexy, but it's also professional sounding because you know because the it's the perfect right. combination, literally. <laughs> and it's, that's me. Uh, so. It's both, right? No, that's great. I mean, yeah, that's what I do with Trip Advice. Uh, TripAdvice.com. I, I mean, I, I knew no one was going to have that, but I definitely mm-hmm. checked, and I wasn't going to take it. I wasn't going to take. I wasn't going to call any business, whatever it was, if, it, if I couldn't get the actual domain. Otherwise. Just a waste of time. So and it sounds like, like TripAdvisor a little bit. So it definitely rings a bell when you say it. I know. I know. It's funny because I, I want to get TripAdvice with 1P.com. But it's uh, it costs like, I don't know, $50,000 or oh, something hell. like crazy. And I just want to get that just in case people spell my name wrong, which I'm sure they do all the time. But uh, you know, it's it's just not worth $50,000. Just, so ma- just, just manifest it. You'll be fine. I'll, I'll manifest it. That's <laughs> right. There you go. So no, it's it's cool to have you on here, and I just yeah, I wanted it. Um, I like your podcast. I just think it's unique. Is I I think it's so unique, and that's why, by the way, in my opinion, why you're already so big and you just started because no one else is doing this, and it's almost like so obvious to do a podcast like this, but it's also not. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when you, it's one of those things where you oh, of course, like. Yeah, there's got to be a podcast on this, a podcast for women who are trying to pay, make money in the, I don't know, what, what do you call it? What like in e-commerce this? in general, lots of like social media marketing podcasts, like, you know, very generic. Yeah, but in the, in the sex realm though. Yeah, I think there's people who go on there and talk about like exciting stories. But to me, you kind of always burn out and like Call Her Daddy is a really big one. But I feel like it's more for like college girls who laugh every time someone says penis and mine's more like very normalized. And let's, you know, talk about like the science of things or just weird, very taboo things and bring normalcy to it. Sex positive. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, being unique. I think I'm a big fish in a smaller pond. And that's really important if you want to succeed. Like why do something that everyone else is doing? Because then you're just part of everyone else. (laughs) But get ready. I guarantee you in the next two to three years or less, you will get some competition. Like 100%. There will be another pod... Because podcasts are huge right now. 
yeah. you know, get someone else. But the good news is you don't have to worry about that because you already started, have a huge fan base. So well, that's that's, uh, that's why I started because I knew it would get big, just like YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok. So I honestly was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I need to like make an account before it does get big. And eventually it'll just be an extension of my business. I never want to put too many eggs in one basket. So I don't just do podcasting. It's more of Hey, if you like, you know, the sex toys I sell, like why don't you get to know me more on my podcast and I'm not making any money on it, so it's really for my listeners. It's not for me and I think that's what people really want is someone to almost like mentor them for free or be their best friend without any any investment of giving back. So I think I think that's kind of important too. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. So why don't you give the guys listening just your quick minute long, like <laughs> how you got into this. Like I, I know it a little bit because I've listened to a handful of episodes. And I, I know that you also, you do a lot. Like you have multiple businesses that you run. So you're doing a lot. So we don't have to go into every little okay. thing, but just how it kind of led to doing this podcast. Okay. In a few sentences. Where, where it all began. And then okay. A little bit in the middle. And then towards the end. I got a DUI when I was 17, dropped out of high school, became a stripper, made way too much money, learned so much about marketing, and jumped into webcam modeling, which was so much easier, so much safer, made twice, if not three times more money, and learned the value of myself, all the while experiencing with my sexuality. I was also in the rave scene, so I started a go-go dancing group and really learned how to market my body even more. But I also learned the business aspect of managing a group of girls. And when you're around like 20, 18 to 21 year olds for weekends at a time, you really learn about their sexuality, their boyfriends, you know, everyone's kind of dating and figuring it out then. So I learned a lot through other people's experiences. But I started a few brands on the internet, which just spiraled out of control. And I stopped the webcamming because I was making so much money on like with my Shopify stores. I had one at the time. Now I have three. And I started TikTok, I want to say back in October of 2019. And I couldn't really figure out what made me different there. I changed my name to Rebecca Blue on TikTok because I wanted to create kind of a funny alias of myself just to have fun. And One day I made a weird things I sell on the internet TikTok and kind of expressed how I used to sell like used panties and used socks. And it got so much attention, basically went viral and I just rolled with it, did a part two, part three. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to jump back into selling panties again because I did it when I was webcamming because the people I did shows with asked me if I sold it and I was like, fuck it, whatever. I already... How much are you selling those for? Well, it totally ranges on the client because some of them want you to just wear it for a day. Some of them just want you to spray it with perfume. So something like that realistically could be around $20. But time is money. I don't have time for that kind of sale. I want to wear it for like three days to seven days. Um, You want to ovulate in them. Some guys like period panties. Some guys like you to just piss on them. So then you're talking like $50 to $100 range. So I'd rather spend more time doing that and having more of a high quality client than dealing with clients who want more for less. And ultimately, you build a relationship with this kind of person and they're buying your panties every week. They're sending you money to go get your nails, your hair done. And I can't tell you... I can't even express what that feels like. It just It's empowerment. That's truly what it is. It makes you feel fucking like, powerful. So this is like a physical or physical, uh, virtual sugar daddy. I think a sugar daddy, they might be exchanging their money for time. Most of the time, it's physical dates. So it again, it totally depends on the type of relationship you have with that client. You have submissives, people who are into slave fetishes who want you to be very dominant with them who want you to financially drain them. And then, you know, that's financial domination. Like it, there's so many doors in this hallway 
So it's very difficult for someone who's new at this to come in who just wants to like sell their socks for money. And like, you don't understand. You have to build a relationship with someone, figure out their kinks, cater their, to their kinks so that you can create long-term income. Ultimately, it's not even the product that matters. It's just constantly texting and emailing them back and making sure the products are to their liking, checking in on them, coming up with new ideas or tasks for them to do with your underwear, your fingernail clippings. So that would be... I mean, this is a big world we're talking about. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of work. Oh, yeah. I just am out of breath talking. (laughs) Like it's not manual labor, a lot of work, but... Yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, if you're doing this successfully, you are te- probably texting all day and and keeping up with these guys and wearing this panty this day. You know, it's just a lot to manage. Like talk yeah, about I, really trying to keep things organized. You kind of you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, I went running the other day, and I ha- I wore like two pairs of panties. I wore some pantyhose on top and some leggings because I was selling all of them in one week. And I just knew if I broke a good sweat, it would soil them a lot faster than wearing them, you know, for a week at a time. And God, I mean, try running in pantyhose. <laughs> it was dreadful. Wow, I, and uh, do you know what I think about? I think about. Are there women out there who are just scamming these guys? It's like they just buy a pair of underwear, put it on for like two minutes, and then send it to the guy. Oh, for sure. But why would you want to make twenty dollars one time? That's kind of stupid. Well, I don't know. What if you're? I mean, what if you say to them you've been wearing it for seven days, and then you just send it to them? You've only been wearing it for a couple of hours. Well, if you are selling on a platform and not directly, they can give you a bad review and that would totally hurt you from getting future business. And a lot of buyers will not buy from new sellers. They definitely want to buy someone that has a reputation for making them as you know stinky as they require. Where is, what platform is he talking about? Let's see. I have a, a good old list over here. Um, I actually have a whole guide to selling weird things on my website. It's rebeccablue.com. So it's only five bucks and you get like 12 websites and some tips. But the big ones are pantydeal.com and scentedpansy.com. But those are, you know, for selling panties, obviously. But I always encourage girls on OnlyFans to offer that on their tip menu. If that makes sense. Oh my God. This is... Wait, I thought I really thought I knew it all. I just went to pantydeal.com. <laughs> this is just like a legit, like looks like a legit regular website that would sell anything. It, you, you know, well, guys, yeah. if you want to check to- it out. Like, it's totally legal. Well, right. It's just like it just looks like one of those websites like that would sell, I don't know, a supplement. But instead, it's the world's number one marketplace for yeah, used it's panties. Like eBay for one panties. million panty buyers. Wow. Okay. Let's go into the psychology of this. I hope you have... I'm sure you have something to say on this. Like These guys... And I'm not judging at all. I'm coming from a curious no. place. I, this we is not something shame. I would buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Kink shame. Oh, I can never heard that. That's good. Okay, yeah. Not kink <laughs> shaming here. But what, what is this? Like, I, I could never imagine wanting to spend money on this. Like, yeah, it's hot. Like if I had a woman in front of me and, and she throws her panties at me and I smell them or whatever like that. And maybe even some guys are like, ooh, I wouldn't even want to do that. But then there's these guys who are purchasing them for money, and a lot of money. What's going on here? Well, let's let's think about this. Do you enjoy the smell of pussy? Yes. So there has to be some sort of like, what is it, like pheromones or something that you're naturally attracted to about a vagina that's kind of like secreting those oils and juices. <laughs> And I think for women too, if we smell like a guy's armpit, it there's something about it that gets us all hot and bothered. So to me, if you're soiling a panty in that way with sweat and pussy juice, then when they receive it in the mail, not only are they excited because they're doing something wrong, which a lot of people get off on, but their favorite porn star or someone they're heavily attracted to already, they get to sit there and masturbate and totally get turned on by sniffing their panties or rubbing that on their cock or whatever. Like there's something very intimate about that because you're the virtual world is meeting the physical world in a sense. Okay. So that makes sense to me. That I get. Okay. I'm just wondering, you know, this guy, 
he's never going to be able to meet this girl. I mean, most likely that's not happening. So it seems like this desperation of, you know, why not try to, you know, that, that's like why I have this okay. podcast, right? So guys can learn how to meet women and have the real experience. But maybe well, this is well, something I'm not even thinking about. I think that's a very valid thought. And a lot of guys comment on my TikTok, like how sad and pathetic and desperate. But these guys are confident enough to vocalize and execute the type of kink they have. So say threesomes turn you on. You might watch threesome porn, but maybe you may never have the experience of a threesome. Or, you know, whatever porn you like, you know, you're watching that for free. So essentially, like someone getting turned on by feet or panties or whatever it may be, they're just exercising what turns them on. So to me, I'm already happy that they've figured out what makes them come because a lot of people go their whole lives just being quote unquote vanilla when there's a whole spectrum of fun and exciting things. So I'm already like honored, like, wow, like, you know what you like? Like, let me offer you my services. Let's make this a fun and exciting experience. Like to me, there's nothing desperate about that. What if they have boundaries where they're too timid to meet a girl like me in person because I'm a goddess in their eyes and it turns them on to worship me. And in turn, that kind of turns me on to be worshiped in that sense because I don't want to fuck with these guys in person. It's a job for me. So to me, that's really attractive about it. And to me, like a guy watching porn, that's not desperate to me. If anything, I would encourage him to go on OnlyFans and actually pay the sex worker directly. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so you are giving me a new perspective on this. Yes, and love and my, open mind. I am. I'm very open-minded to this stuff. And it's interesting to me. So, okay, it's not about the necessarily the desperate guy. It's really just... I, I don't know any better work, way to say work it. Work it just, through. You can work it out. I'm working. I'm working <laughs> it out right now. This is just... okay. Yeah, just like, okay, someone might go on a computer and pull up porn, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That is something that turns them on and they do. But that's not necessarily something that they do... Th- that they're doing with another woman, right? Mm-hmm. It's That's their own thing. So that's a turn on in itself. Another category of that mm-hmm. would be something like this, buying used panties and that turns them on. It's like, that's just another turn on. It has nothing to do with the idea of, I can't get a woman or I don't want to, or whatever it may be. It's its own separate entity. I'm sure maybe for some guys, it could be a desperation, but what this is, is its own kind of kink in itself is the act of doing just exactly that. But think about it. It sounds obvious, but I think that's, I'm just working it out. Well, let's think about the word desperate. Like I think we're all desperate to orgasm. I think at our core, it's what makes us the most human. So I think it's a word we tend to shame a little bit, you know, like we're all kind of desperate for money, you know, we're all kind of, we're desperate for love, but I wouldn't shame someone for going on Tinder and desperately trying to find a girlfriend. And another thought I just had was panties are kind of like getting an autograph in a sense from someone you really like, but you know, you'll never get to meet. And then it's almost like collecting baseball cards because you can collect their panties, their shoes, their spit, a lock of their hair. It can become a hobby as well. Well, I I think when I say desperate or when desperate comes to mind, and mm-hmm. I'm sure this is why other guys or women, whoever might say, use that word. It's kind of like, all right, so you can't or don't have the ability or don't want to try to be with a woman in person. So you'll get anything that you can get. And in this case, might be paying for a woman's panties. That's where I think that mindset comes from. Instead of understanding it in in this way that you're describing it as a kink. Well, what makes you think they're not getting pussy? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, you're right. I don't think you think about that. Like maybe they are. Maybe they're they're complete players, you know, and they're amazing with women or whatever. But then they also do this too. Well, it's I just guess, probably yeah. why elite businessmen pay for sex. They can get all the sex they want, but they want to feel like they're doing something naughty. Right. And I think that's what it is. And that's what the, a lot of the, the things around kink are, is that like it feels wrong. It's not normal. And that's what makes it more of a turn on, right? And that's what's so great about 
the podcast is because I bring people on and we just normalize it. We're not like, ew, oh my God, he's you're sucking your toes for him. Like it's just like, yeah, he's strong enough and open-minded enough to understand that that turns him on. And now he gets to embrace it and orgasm so much harder instead of being completely ashamed and closeted by this fetish he has that could ultimately break him and make him depressed. But instead he's empowered by it. And that's the most fun about this job is, you know, even if you have like a webcam Skype session and like stuff your panties, for example, like you end that call and he's satisfied and you also have a hundred dollars in your bank account. I mean, it's a fair trade. It's a business transaction. Okay. Let's take a little bit of a, just a little turn. I want to, you know a lot about this. I want to give the guys who are listening just a little bit of a, Education, I guess it's funny Let's to say it that it. way. Just tell them like all the different ways, because this is what you talk about on your podcast. So mm-hmm. I want you to tell us all the different ways that women are making money online, and maybe just like categories. So, like for example, one is so one is panty deals, mm-hmm. and I know this is something like that could be inside of something like OnlyFans, but OnlyFans is a popular way, and I want to talk a little, little bit about that because it is so popular. Mm-hmm. What else? Like, what are other ways women are making money in this sort of okay, uh, industry side? Well, yeah. you could always sell clips. You know, there's places like mini vids and clips for sale, sexual clips of yourself on certain websites. You can also talk to guys for money. So you can just simply like chat with people. I think like Chatterbait's one of them. So that's kind of more of the sexual things. I think OnlyFans is like the big hitter right now. And then there's a million other things um, if that you can do online that aren't sexual that are along the lines of e-commerce. But I think if you're, as the question you asked, I think OnlyFans, Panty Deal, and Minivids, Chatterbait, those would be like my top four. But there are so many. And honestly, if you go to the smaller sites, if you just dig on Google or Reddit a little bit, you're going to, again, be a bigger player on a site that has less competition. What do you think makes the most money, if you had to say? I know there's levels, <laughs> but like what, like where, where does a certain woman just make tons of money? I feel like in this industry, it would have to be something like webcamming or like webcamming with a with a dude or another girl or something like that? It's a quality client. You build that relationship with some extremely wealthy person and you cater to their needs in any way, shape, or form and they compensate you fairly. And just like you said, I think sugaring with a sugar daddy, they could essentially pay for bills, give you a credit card. So I think Seeking Arrangements is the website to legally meet someone and have a financial agreement. So they are paying for your time. And that would be probably the way to make the most money. But if you are selling weird things on the internet, it would be poop. No. Yeah, guys pay for piss and poop. They uh there's like a human toilet kink. So it's called like goddess golden piss or the divine juice of women. And then there's the chocolate goods. You can even like put your poop in like brownie batter and send people brownies. You know, there's guys who want to be so submissive to, it's called, you know, a goddess that they literally get off on being a human toilet. And I don't understand the psychology behind that because obviously it's gross, but it has to be along the lines of people who like pissing on girls or pissing inside them. Like I know that's a huge thing on porn that kind of weirds me out. But again, like, you know, maybe in the shower, I wouldn't mind, but it definitely, you can get in the, I'd say like a, a container of poop probably goes from like one to $500. And again, that's no investment because you're not like, it just comes out of your body. I've never done it, but I always get asked for it. And I always wonder like, what would be my price? <laughs> like if I someone... Was, I was literally just going to ask you that. What's your, what, what is I your don't price? Know. I just, 
first of all, I ship things in the mail and it, my biggest fear would be to like ship out my poop. And then my mailman, which is like a really good friend of mine to like, if I like stunk up his whole, whole car, like how God awful would that be? That'd be like a, such uncomfortable conversation. Oh man. You know, you can't even, you're not allowed to ship paint. I'm pretty yeah. sure you're not allowed to ship paint and people are sending poop. Well, um, it's legal because you can buy. I think there's um, a website where you can send people horse poop. Like a, it's like a revenge poop yeah. site. Yeah, I've heard of that. See, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I, luck, just luckily, get, I get so giggly when I talk about. It. How old are you? I'm curious. I'm 26. I'll be 27 in November. See, when you're 27, you won't laugh at the poop anymore. You'll be done. <laughs> I think it's is just the, is the maturing. It's bracing for anyone's reaction. I think. Like poop. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's fine. Nothing surprises me, but it's still surprising. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like, oh wow, okay, that's of course. You know, it's like one of those like, of course, of course they are. Like, what's next? You know, so right. Like, I'll yeah. call my friend and I'll be like, oh, John asked for poop again, and it's just like, oh, John. <laughs> so funny, but it's interesting. So this reminds me. Do you, you ever heard of uh, Pareto's principle? Which is I have the not. 20? Okay, the eighty twenty so rule. Yes, eighty twenty. You know what that is? It's vaguely. Okay, so basically, what it means here, I'm gonna actually give like the actual definition. Okay, okay. so eighty percent. Well, this is just one example, but for some reason, this is the definition. It says eighty percent of consequences come from twenty percent of the causes. So basically, mm-hmm. what this means, this can be applied in all different areas of life. Basically, a little, a little affects, affects a, lot. a lot. Okay, so that means that you know. A woman who's doing this, 80% of her income is coming from 20% of her clients, right? It's like, okay, she makes a, a little bit here and there, but there's like a few guys where she's making most of the money from, which is what you're saying here is they find that one yeah. person, that one person that's like, okay, yeah, boom, it's they're, quality they're, over they're, quantity. They're all that money. It's just right. like with OnlyFans, all these girls want me to mentor them. How do I get more subs? How do I get more subs? Honey, it's not about. You could have a thousand subs who don't pay you, or you could have one sub that pays you a thousand dollars. It's quality over quantity in this in this sort of line of work for sure. Yeah, and the, the competition's probably insane now. Like I feel like we're it's it's at that ex, it's going up exponentially in terms of women who are finding out. Okay, I can make money online doing this, having never even entered. A realm where I can, I, I have to be in person with them, including strip clubs or prostitution or sugar daddy or whatever. Like this can all happen online. And that probably sounds really great to women because of safety. Therefore, wow, like explosion of people. And, and hence why I think your podcast is, is very popular. Well, thank you. And I agree, but part of me wants to say this is one of the most high risk occupations because of fear fear of judgment, okay, yeah. fear of what your family will think. Therefore, yes, tons of girls are signing up, but they're, half of them are either insecure, more than half, or afraid of making it legit. So this industry has always catered to the bold, the motivated, girls willing to invest their time, invest in their body, invest in communicating with clients. So if you aren't the whole package, you will quickly fall off the wagon. So yes, people are signing up and it's becoming a little crowded, but the strong always survive. And if this is something you're naturally good at and you can cross off all those boxes of being motivated and investing this and that and the other, then you will see results. It's it's simply like watering a plant. Like it will fucking grow if you continue to not take no for an answer. And too many people just quit when they don't see success. And it's, and sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but even with the panty thing, people want to, they're like, oh my God, I have so many panties and dirty shoes. I want to get rich. No, you might make one sale that first week, then you might not have a sale in three months. This is not going to pay your bills all at once. But in three years, you might have 10 clients under your belt that you're getting a few hundred bucks a week from each of them. And then you can, Turn this side hustle into your full hustle. It, it just—it's so funny how you know the same principles apply no matter if you're selling poop over the internet 
or you're learning how to meet girls, you're mm-hmm. trying to start a business. It's all the same shit. No pun intended, but it is all the same <laughs> shit. It, it, it is it is just... You got to put the hard work in. You got to do the thing. You got to be consistent. You know. Yeah, and you, sometimes you, know. you got to step away a little bit too, right? What do you mean? Like, I guess when you're talking to girls, you don't want to smother anybody either. There has to be a balance. I don't know how that would transition over to this kind of industry, but I was just thinking, like, what you mentioned in relationships. A balance. Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely has to be balance in in everything you do. I think the balance in this industry is the self-care and knowing when you're at your threshold emotionally because it is very... You have to have a thick skin to do it. So knowing to take a day off or not book too many shows in a day. Otherwise, you can get really depressed and sensitive from how people talk to you and judge you. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, hey, same thing with, uh, with, with, I, so I teach guys how to go out and meet women and approach women, guys, guys who are shy or guys who just don't want to learn how to date and don't know how to do it. So, yeah, same idea, right? Is you got to have some thick skin here. I always tell guys that the rejection that you might get from an approach and talk to a woman doesn't matter, but there's only so many you can do. You know, if you go out and you approach 10 girls and they all just kind of mm-hmm. say, you know, fuck off or whatever and they just push you away. It can be draining, right? So yeah, same idea, definitely. And I don't really talk about that much, but here's the opportunity to, you know, it is good to take a break if uh, things are a little bit rough. Yeah, because things are not going your way. You wouldn't want to approach a woman with half the energy you need to be your complete package. And when you said that, all I could think about was when I worked at the strip club and how many people would say no to me simply because they couldn't afford it usually. But that is what built my skin for coming to the internet where you all of a sudden have tens of thousands of people judging you. So denial is completely part of it. But all it's doing is pushing you down that hallway to the door that you need to be at. So I'd rather get there faster than moping around because some dumb fuck said no to me. Excuse me. (laughs) No, I mean, hey, listen, I... I, uh, What's funny? Because yeah. It's uh, no. Let's let's change that because because okay. and I'm glad you corrected yourself there. It's like a guy. I don't want guys going out there if they treat you like shit. That's a different story. Then they're a dumb mm-hmm. fuck. Right. But I want to teach guys like if they're going out and getting rejected from a girl, I don't want them to say, "Well, fuck that girl." Well, yeah, she sucks. Fuck that bitch. It's one thing to be like, "Oh, well, you know what? Her loss. I'm awesome. That's different. That's that's a good way of looking at it." But yes. if you're saying like, "Fuck her," you're going to build up all this. Ang- well, you could. You survived it. But if you could build up all this anger where it just like, then you start just hating the whole process in itself. But I'm sure that it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a struggle of going through the rejection, the, okay, this person doesn't want to pay for it. You know, I always tell guys, this is separate, not guys, uh, anyone who's trying to start a YouTube channel mm-hmm. is you're going to, you know, get ready for the thick skin, better put it on because you're going to get comments from people that are just brutal. Like you'll learn insecurities or you'll, you'll start to have insecurities. You could start to have insecurities mm-hmm. of places you never knew you could have an insecurity. Like I, I, so for example, and luckily this did not turn into an insecurity. This is really funny, but I'll have guys once in a while comment on my YouTube channel and comment on my hairline because the way I do my hair, it's like part of it kind of hangs down to the side a little bit. So it makes my hairline look like it's crooked. And I never noticed that until someone commented and then a few more people commented and it makes me laugh, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, I don't care. I don't care that they're saying that, but you got to have thick skin. Yeah. If you want to do... Really, if you're you're putting yourself out there and I feel like in this industry that you're talking about, that's literally what it is to to the umph degree of uh, putting yourself out there, spreading your legs and sending poop. You know, with the hairline, I think society says, okay, this is what makes you masculine, having this thick hair and big muscles and a giant cock. It's just what society has trained us to think. So same with women. We're supposed to have giant tits, a big ass, but also a small waist and, you know, perfect A, B, and C. So it's obviously we're trained to think what's supposed to look good. So when someone leaves a comment like that to me, I'm like, oh, they're just still, you know, brainwashed by society. Like they don't understand the innards of me, and which is 
what's going to make a sale, just like with your podcast and your channel. It's you on the inside that is making it happen, not your hairline. Right. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So let's see, where were we? So you were t- so let's talk about OnlyFans for a second, because that is the I mean, unless you tell me if I'm wrong, it seems to be one of the most popular ways that women are making money online right now with uh, in this in this specific industry. Mm-hmm. Thank God right? we have it though, you know? It it's a whole it's a game changer. How so? I mean, you had porn stars doing a scene for X amount of money and that's all they get. You know, some everyone's taking a cut of it all the time. Now the woman is in control. You know, not only that, but women are always underpaid in many aspects. So now we can price things ourselves and run the whole show ourselves from in the comfort of our home. And that's that's never been a realistic option before. It just, all of it sounds taboo. I still pinch myself knowing that right now I'm bringing in an extra $10,000 and that I could just quit all my businesses and survive on OnlyFans money. It's just, it doesn't even seem real. Where do you make most of your money from? What's your 80-20 in terms of uh, revenue? On OnlyFans? On all of it. Ugh, and every, and everything never... that you sell. Probably like the sex toys. Probably the sex toys. My my new website I created last year, it's called thehornystoner.com. And during the pandemic, people were having sex and smoking pot. And we sell sex toys and smoking products. I call it bongs and butt plugs. So during this whole COVID thing... Just we, amazing in naming things. Thank you. Uh, and... During the whole shutdown, everyone's shopping online and our business tripled and forced us to move into a warehouse, which was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life because I've always kept things small. So that total shift of getting my small business out of my house, which I've been doing for the past almost decade, changed my life entirely. And it kind of opened the opportunity for me to do OnlyFans from home because I didn't have employees coming in and out anymore. So um, I'd say a mix between that and the OnlyFans, this is a totally a new peak for me. And I'm not exactly where to go from here. Where do you want to go? Well, I think everyone's goal is happiness and money will never make you happy. So I'm using the profits from my OnlyFans to A, make my home my ultimate dream home. Because if we're forced to stay inside, I want to be able to be as happy as I can be here. So there's that. And then the end goal is to be financially stable enough to do side projects like opening a dog rescue or helping fund a... um, I want to do a charity to help people get therapy and mental health options for free because that's something that I could never afford when I was younger and it definitely shaped my life. So I want to be able to be in a position where I can actually put a lot of time into things and maybe create my own like panty app and use profits to go towards those sort of things and helping women who aren't in the best position to do OnlyFans that really want to and all sorts of things just to be a resource and to help people. What does your family think about this? I only choose family who love me unconditionally. So if you don't love or respect me, then I don't consider you family. That's a good answer. Thank you. That's a good answer. Is it... Uh, I mean, are you just having so much fun just doing this and, and and being your own boss and making money the way you want to make it? And aren't you fulfilled now because things are just successful? And I'm sure with, the, with this podcast, even more. The day I decided to not give any fucks was the day I felt the most fulfilled. I could... If I had started that 10 years ago, I would have been much more fulfilled then. I literally know that I can manifest anything and it's kind of like the secret. Once you know, you know, and it's hard to explain that to people. So it's a little difficult when you're in your 20s and you already know so much about the world from failing and being in this industry. And kind of like you said, it's like, well, what's next? Like, I don't fucking know. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, the waves just kind of go up and down and you just have to continue to navigate at the best of your ability. I want you to talk a little bit about that because I think we can extract a good lesson from that. A lot of guys that I work with and that I coach and and 
just guys that are trying to learn how to handle rejection better and meeting women and dating, they give a lot of fucks. Yeah. So what brought you to that point where you don't care as much as you used to or you just don't care about the judgment or whatever it is? Life is just so much easier when you can get yourself out of negative situations or toxic people in general. The moment you do, you start to realize how much energy you wasted in that. And we're not young forever, you know, and I'm sure that's difficult when you are older in the dating game. But if it were me, I would make a list of all the attributes that I feel make me an amazing human being, whether I'm loving or will cook for someone or give great foot massages, just anything that you can think of. So when you get in that headspace, you can remember that, hey, like you are a great human. And usually people who project their insecurities or denial towards you, it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. Like people project their shit onto other people. That's why I feel like a magnet because I project so much positivity. People always gravitate towards me. So my thing is having to create boundaries so my energy doesn't get sucked. But for some people who desire different things... I think having realistic expectations and remembering your value and worth and kind of what we talked about, like navigating denial, that's probably a really important thing, especially with now that we're in like online dating and it's just completely different than what it used to be since you can basically watch someone's entire life from their Facebook and figure out if you'll like them or not. Right. It's pretty crazy, right? It's insane. The times they are changing. Are you dating someone? I think you said something in your podcast. Are you a boyfriend or a, a husband or something? Yeah, it's a little... We, I don't really like the name things. He's just my partner and partner? my best friend. Okay. Uh, I have a ring just so like people don't bother me in public. <laughs> but we're both from divorced families. So marriage isn't exactly like a glamorous thing. But we have almost been together for a decade. And he's just... He is just the most supportive person I've ever met. And he lets me just be me. And we just, we have a great understanding and we communicate. And uh, it's, that's really it. Well, he, he better or else, you know, you shouldn't be in a relationship with someone who, who can't at the bare minimum do that. No, uh, yeah, I feel bad. He's with such a, you know, he knows I'm very motivated. His job is really just to step out of the way sometimes. And you're just going and going. You'll, yeah, you probably have a new business idea every month, I'm sure. But he knew I was a good catch when he met me. I mean, I pretty much had nothing. And he was like, you know, this girl's going to take over the world. Nice. One so, entrepreneur at a time. Shout out to him. He's my boo. But he also, he's not on social media. So it's so good for the relationship that he's not like hyper analyzing what I'm doing or vice versa. And it makes me a lot more comfortable and confident to embody this exaggerated version of myself online, especially in that industry. So that really probably has saved the relationship. We we kind of talk about that on my podcast, like how we met at the strip club and how we used to have threesomes and how shit's changed since we've gotten so successful and just navigating really what any relationships go through as things change. Cool. Cool. How long have you been with him for? I don't... I just kind of stopped counting like eight or nine years, I think. Oh, a long time. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much That's like fun. when I was 18, after I was legal and in the strip club, I met him and it was toast after that. Got it. Look at that. And I know you think I was some like hypersexual, you know, people just think I'm a rabbit, you know, fucking everyone, but it's not always the case. Well, maybe not. With other people. In, in, with other people, <laughs> yeah. right. You might be hypersexual in, in a different way, not necessarily promiscuous. But uh, I, I just want to rewind real quick because sure. the, you said something really interesting and I want to piggyback off it before we talked about your relationship. Talked about the idea of judging and people judging and, and how one reacts to that. Mm-hmm. And you said something that reminded me of this quote that I heard from Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you know who Eckhart Tolle is. He wrote this book called The Power of Now. And it's a book Ooh, all about I have presence. that book. I just haven't read it yet. Okay. Get on it. Okay. I've read it three times it and it down. still blows my mind every time. Dang, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's like my Bible. 
So he he says you cannot have an argument with a fully conscious person. Hey, that's a good. And that's point. really interesting. And it's like the same idea of because you said this in, in in this sense. You said, you know, if someone's judging you or they're rejecting you or they're treating you bad, that's just a reflection on how crappy their life is and all the issues that they have in their life, and they're just projecting it on you. A person who is a fully conscious person or someone who's just very aware of themselves and and is in dealing with their own inner demons won't be judging you as harshly as as someone who might be. So I guess my my long-winded point here is... That's a really good point. If someone's treating you like shit or judging you or looking down on you, whether it's a family member or a friend or a stranger, anyone in your life or someone that you come across... It's and this is the hard thing to do. It's like at that point, instead of getting defensive and getting down about it, really you can just gravitate towards a place of empathy. Yes, is, that's hmm. such a good point. Right? It's like, what are they going through? It's like, wow, like it's like, and that's so counterintuitive. You would never think to do that because instead you just get mad or upset or sad or depressed. But really, it's like, oh man, I hope they're doing okay. You I know? <laughs> that they want to judge yeah. this, but I have yeah. the a uh, I think that quote, but in my words, it's hurt people, hurt people. And whenever I get those comments on YouTube, you know, like you fucking whore or blah, blah, you have a big nose, whatever. I, I, I'm always like, I'm so sorry. Like you're hurt. You know, do you want my therapist's number? <laughs> Cause I'd be happy to help you out. And you know, my mom always told me like, haters ain't happy and happy people don't hate. If you are in a happy and a good place, you are not going to be commenting negative shit towards people, you know, right. it's just yeah. point blank. Right. It's so true. It's so true. Wow. We went deep here. Yes. I love I it. Love it. Uh, Anna, if, if guys want to, oh God, you have a laundry list of places they can follow <laughs> you and watch you and, and maybe uh, even pay I you. I don't know. But um, if guys are interested, well, we'll first say if, if this intrigues you, check out the Slutrepreneur podcast. It's definitely interesting. Gives you a little bit of an insight into this world, which is basically why I wanted to do an episode like this today. So you can check that out. But if they want to just follow you and they dig what you're saying, where can they do that? Well, thank you for the gracious shout out. Uh, I just created the slutrepreneur.com. So you can find my podcast there, my YouTube channel. And if you are interested in getting a little dirtier, maybe you want some panties or a bottle of spit, you can purchase that at RebeccaBlue.com. And Rebecca is spelled with two Ks and all my links will be there for OnlyFans and everything. And I'm also on TikTok at RebeccaBlue if you want to come hang out and dance with me. And my Instagram is Miss Mothership where I post all the behind the scenes of my business and moving into the warehouse. So that's a plethora of information if you want to be, come be my best friend. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. I'm glad we worked it out to, to do it. And I appreciate you coming on. And thank you very much. I hope we get to do this again. And thank you for having me. 